From coast to coast to coast, you're listening to Terra Informa. You're listening. You're listening. You're listening. My name is Elizabeth Dowdell. I'll be introducing the next half hour of environmental news and stories and film review, discussion and review of a film. Before we begin, we would like to acknowledge that this episode was produced in Treaty 6 territory in Amiskwitzi, Wiskiagin, Beaver Hills House, or so-called Edmonton. We are broadcasting from unrecognized Papas Chase Cree territory. The Papas Chase Cree were displaced from their homelands following the consistent effort of local officials like Frank Oliver to discredit the legitimacy of their treaty right to this territory and to reserve number 136, now South Edmonton. Not confined to history, this region is also the present homelands of many First Peoples who build their lives here, pursue livelihoods, and gather together, including Cree, Métis, Blackfoot, and Dene. Wherever you're listening from, we ask you to consider whose version of history informs your understanding of the land you are on. In the film review that follows, we talk a lot about what kind of stories people listen to, how it makes them feel, and why that matters. The history of the land we occupy might not feel good to hear, but it's important for us to listen and live with these stories. This week, We're talking about the Adam McKay-directed and star-studded film, Don't Look Up, released on Netflix December 10th, 2021. This film is a departure from our usual environmental doc or animation, but everybody, or at least everybody at our episode meeting that day, has had some thoughts about this very obvious climate change satire. As a group of environmentalists, who care deeply about climate change, society, and just transitions, but also like to have laughs and or laugh cries, we just had to make this episode for you. This is Hannah Cunningham. I use she, her pronouns. Um, This is Lizzie Barron. I use she, her pronouns. And this is Sarah Chitsaz, and I also use she, her pronouns. Awesome. Thank you for... Joining me virtually, Lizzie and Sarah. So we're talking about this movie called Don't Look Up, uh, a movie that tells the story of two astronomers attempting to warn humanity about an approaching comet that will hit the Earth, destroying civilization, and how they attempt to navigate the media and politics in getting their message across to the world at large. So the comet is an allegory for climate change and the movie pokes fun or is a satire of government media and political indifference to the climate crisis. You can see a lot of parallels uh, to a lot of different things happening around the world right now. Do you think that this film or maybe a film like this won anyone over from climate denial? Do you think it just would entrench someone's views? They were like teeter-tottering on whether they thought the climate crisis was a huge deal or not. Do you think this would push them one way 
or the other? I think, interestingly, kind of what the film was critiquing um, kind of ended up coming to fruition in the film's publicity, such mm-hmm. that maybe it would entrench people into more uh, like climate denying, climate change denialism, and also just general like partisanship, because a lot of um, critics talking about it and stuff and talking about exactly what it's um, saying and trying to explain the allegory. And so because it had like all that hype and all of that noise in the media around it, it might be a bit of a self-selection situation. Like somebody who doesn't, you know, feel like being preached to perhaps might not want to watch it to begin with. Whereas maybe a more low key film that kind of were to not say it so blatantly exactly what it was about and then sneak it in there might be more effective with that crowd. But I think the way that the movie is in and of itself kind of self-selects those people out of it who who might be teetering because they already know. Yeah, I totally agree, Lizzie. I think you phrased that very well. I kind of feel like knowing that the film was kind of promoted as being a like climate disaster film or climate disaster satirical film. Um, I do feel like perhaps people who don't believe in climate change or don't believe in or don't support, I guess, taking climate action may not have wanted to bother watching it. And I do also personally think, and I find this with others of Adam McKay's films as well, they're very obvious in the point that they're trying to making. It's not subtle at all. The satire is not really subtle at all. And I kind of feel like that may be off-putting. And I know we'll touch on this, I think, later, but just that idea of like, presenting anyone who doesn't know about climate change or who doesn't support climate action as just being stupid and ignorant I think can be extremely polarizing so I could kind of see it contributing to that a bit as well it was interesting because at first I thought it was about COVID because that's what my roommate said (laughs) and I didn't look into it um but even with something like that um I kind of thought like oh okay like this is a very targeted audience and um, yeah, they know who they're, they know who's going to be watching this film. And um, I definitely think not looking to win anybody over. That kind of leads into the next question where like you both said, and some of the criticism of the film and the environmental movement in general, is that it has this sort of perception that everybody who isn't on board with believing in the climate crisis, working to fight the climate crisis, is an idiot, and that there's no way anyone could not, you know, be on the environmentalist side, um, or in the case of the movie, on the astronomer's side. And yeah, no reason to be hesitant, confused, unsure, you know. What do you think about that hesitancy to trust experts, especially right now in this era where, yeah, this the powers that be and governments and like news media organizations can be like very sus. Um, do you think that... Do you think that's just dumb? Do you think it's like, you know, like everybody, how they kind of portrayed it in this video? Or do you kind of see some some of the legitimacy there? 
I think, yeah, definitely like hesitancy. Like there's the the whole idea that we're re- we've reached the death of the expert and the post-truth society and everybody's so siloed and polarized that, you know, we might get our news from one perspective, somebody we know completely different and it'll change the way we go through the world. So there's like certainly that complacency of media, which they show in the movie, like with, you know, the two TV show hosts who care more about how hot Leonardo DiCaprio is than like his science um, and, and all of that. I think they showed in the movie something that did provide a little bit of hope, like the just look up movement, but it was also a little too little, like too too little too late. Um, but they did show them like grappling with that. I do think um, specifically with climate change and specifically being in Alberta, you know, a lot of people I hear who are hesitant about the impacts of climate change or about really like understanding it are like quite understandably worried about their ability to like put food on the table with environmental changes because of like this place that we're in being so connected to like the oil and gas industry and like that's I think why like so many people advocate for a just transition that's not just like you know all these people who've trained in one industry who like need it you know to put food on the table now just will not be able to get jobs ever again and like in it when looking at a movie with such a big overarching critique that seems like maybe a small detail but yeah definitely being here in Alberta and caring about the environment but also growing up here that's certainly something you see where you you try and see the nuance in people who yeah don't want to lose their jobs and their livelihood and maybe that plays into some of their their ideas about the environment in a self-preservational manner that might be short-sighted but is certainly there. Having compassion to think about where some of that hesitancy to trust experts or government comes from is really important. Um, That being said, and I think we're seeing this a lot right now with the uh, quote unquote freedom convoys going around, I feel like there does reach a point where it can be very, very challenging to have compassion for people who are hesitant to trust experts or science or government. But I also think that approaching conversations with folks who aren't kind of quote unquote, on, on the same side as you about climate or COVID or any other social issue is not going to be helpful. I think the only way that we're going to have like productive conversations and be able to work towards a better future for everyone is to have conversations where we at least try to understand where people are coming from and addressing that mistrust from kind of the root. I agree. I think it would have been really cool to see like working class solidarity rise up against the this like CD government administration in the movie and then the the media there was like a couple quotes where I was like oh are they going to like are they gonna are they gonna do that is it gonna happen and it kind of happened at the one point when I think the comet was showing up um, like mm-hmm. people could finally see it and then they're like getting mad at Jonah Hill at his little at his speech thing where he was sort of supposed to be rallying all the like anti-astronomer protesters I guess and I loved the quote like it was so awful but it was so good like yeah there's you guys the working class and then we're the cool rich and we're fine and then there's them and they're like completely different um but I think it would have been cool if they played a bit more into there is this working class solidarity of between environmentalists and, um, you know, people who work in oil and gas, CEOs and big government aren't necessarily 
looking out for any of us. So I think we do have that in common. I was so like frustrated at the end with the lack of solidarity and like, obviously the movie, it ended how it did. Um, (laughs) And the risk just like got away. Like I realized that they got away and like to a planet that wasn't suitable for people, but I was like, I don't know. I guess I wanted like a more, (laughs) a better ending, but that kind of frustrated me. Mm-hmm. totally feel that I like also felt because I think when you watch a movie like even one that's so drenched in satire of trying to replicate like real life issues you still want to like watch a movie and just seeing it with like you know weeks after all the billionaires went and flew around space like literally weeks after seeing that happen in the movie and then everybody on earth dying like it was a little too real and I also was really hoping for that like moment of solidarity um it kind of reminded me of like the movie independence day and like that certainly had like its own whole stuff we can talk about with like american identity and imperialism and like global militarism certainly but there was a sense of like the whole world getting together to defeat the aliens who like all trust in will smith i mean as we all do <laughs> um but like there was that moment and like, you know, the big rousing speech to like, it actually felt like connected and maybe the point of don't look up is this is actually what's going to happen. And like, I definitely get that that's the critique and like, you know, there are the billionaires already working out. They've already got their, like their shuttles ready to like ready to dip. But I also felt like there was in movies, there's an opportunity to give a little bit of hope and like maybe craft a future that we can work towards. And yeah, I was I was definitely a little disheartened at the end too. Like I I just was waiting for like the plot twist of oh it's gonna work out in the end because it's Hollywood and that didn't come and it, it hit me really hard as well. That was Terror Informers in the thick of discussion about the film Don't Look Up. You're listening to Terror Informa, a production of CJSR 88.5 FM. Let's get right back into this film discussion and review with Terror Informers Hannah Cunningham, Sarah Chitsas, and Lizzie Barron. I was just trying to imagine the frustration. I'm like, if this could actually happen, like, I guess in the the case of climate change, it's way more like, it's a way more like complicated process than just like getting over defeating a single disaster and I guess that's one point that the movie made because as I was watching it what I'm trying to say is I was thinking that's insane like that could never happen we have this whole plan ready to go and then they just sideline it because we could make some money I guess the point I guess with climate change we never like there have been plans suggested for sure but we've never had like an in place let's do it go plan I don't know what would have needed to happen back when to make that a reality but to like this might be where also like I mean when it came out we're still during COVID and so I also had that initial confusion where I was like oh it's about both COVID and climate change and just general like anti-science rhetoric and I think like can't remember who wrote it but I read an article recently talking about how COVID and the global response is like kind of our uh, dress rehearsal for climate change Um, And a lot of what we're seeing with like profiteering and arbitrary guidelines and then like some helpful guidelines that then become politically arbitrary and then they're thrown away. And then also like 
things like vaccine hoarding um, with like in prosperous nations so that the not so prosperous nations like really suffer quite a bit and like all of that. Um, we're seeing it certainly with like a different natural disaster because I think a virus is a natural disaster, but that we're going to see a lot more of this and even more widespread and more like physically embodied in the world that we live in with climate change, but we're kind of getting a little sneak peek right now with COVID which is a touch more encompassing than even in the movie where it was like one thing it's it's like so much more than one thing because it can affect every person one I guess main objective of the astronomers in this movie what they're trying to do is essentially disseminate science and their findings to both government and the general public and I was looking at this question. The question is, what is one portrayal of the dissemination of science that you found accurate or inaccurate? But I was kind of trying to remember like when they really did do like a good example of disseminating science. I, and unless I just didn't watch it as closely as, you know, some of some other people might've, but you know, they did, they did some shows and like some they went to meetings and they went on Sesame Street and did you think that the film showed like how dissemination of science could maybe go for a disaster like this um and if you think that it was shown do you think that it was accurate inaccurate I think one thing that Sarah kind of mentioned this earlier too so they had the like technological solution that then didn't work like as sponsored by a like tech company and like I come from the world of tech and I really love technology and I think like it's a hoot and a half but I do think that there is a problematic tendency in the tech world to think oh this problem that people have been working on will be fixed with an algorithm we just need to take the human knowledge and put it into an algorithm and the subject matter experts in the middle once automated may not be as relevant because we've captured all of their knowledge. So it's not like totally a lot of hubris. It's like, oh, we can take all this knowledge and make it more efficient. But I do think that is a tendency that tech has. And they showed that really well in the Bash CEO. So like a tech solution that is able to still incorporate subject matter experts and like have their input the whole time as well as being like a good efficient algorithm I think that'd be great but that doesn't often happen and you do get that kind of like techie hubris like oh like we're going to be able to do it and I think they showed that and how science is disseminated that way like especially through the bash CEO and so that that's not necessarily a, a, a positive example of science communication but it was certainly there and like you certainly see it yeah, I, I think they didn't really touch on how information is disseminated within scientific spaces or like academic spaces and circles very much. I feel like Leo and Jennifer Lawrence, my two pals, I feel like they told the people at, was it NASA? And they, they told their kind of superiors in government, but it didn't show them interacting with anyone else in the scientific community. It was all done through them later on. It was like, you know, the government said, oh, our scientists confirmed it. it there was no collaboration across um, scientists, which I don't think is super accurate um, in terms of 
how information is shared. Although I do know that there are issues currently with like uh, the way information is shared among scientists because like having like ownership over information or ownership over findings from um, research is kind of uh, contentious sometimes. But um, one thing that I did think was accurate and I am happy that they included as well is on the, was it the Daily Rip or whatever it was that they called the kind of morning talk show that our dear pal Leo um, was presenting on multiple times. They did show um, that debate about whether the comet was real or not, or whether it was actually going to hit Earth or not, even though he knew a certainty that it was going to be hitting Earth on its uh, current trajectory. And I feel like that really made me think of those conversations we see on the news with like climate change. Is it happening? Is it not happening? When like, I think 97%, something around there, 97%-ish um, scientists have agreed that climate change is real. It is an urgent threat. And many of them also agree that it is at least largely um, being accelerated or impacted by human actions. So that I was glad to see. They show, you know, sometimes the news portrays these scientific findings as arguments when there really isn't an argument, <laughs> just as happening, <laughs> unfortunately. How did this movie make you feel? Hopeful, cynical, just like, blah. <laughs> I mean, I think the the end, like spoilers, but uh, jo Jonah Hill emerging from the rubble victorious definitely was a nice, funny note to end on and inspired a Jonah Hill movie marathon starting with Superbad <laughs> and going all the way back up to Don't Look Up. So that was fun. But in terms of the like ending around the table, I don't know. It's just like, it's 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 kind of like also in a similar vein, the um, A Day After Tomorrow, like also about the climate crisis. Like you don't know what you do in the situation, but the, the, the family sitting around like joking and stuff, like that was heartening. So I, I hope the end of the world comes, I'd be in a heartening situation. But um, I don't know if I increased my cynicism or my hope for the world any more any less than I went into the movie with but it definitely helped me like you know feel a little bit that at least other people share such cynicism with a tinge of hope. <laughs> I don't think that this film really changed how I feel about climate change or the climate crisis. I do think it was emotionally difficult to watch for sure um, especially approaching it from like you know I mean we're or at least I am studying um environmental sociology so it, this is something that's on my mind all of the time <laughs> like all of my time is devoted to thinking about these topics and I also appreciate that I think this film would be really cathartic and really satisfying to watch as a scientist who has been working in this space for you know a long time who has experienced a lot of frustrations with the difficulties in disseminating scientific findings about the environment to the broader public. The climate crisis is very urgent and severe. I think it's a very big threat to us all. So I think seeing, I don't know, I didn't enjoy the film, I'll be honest. I didn't really have a good time watching it, but it was, I agree with Lizzie. It was kind of nice to see, you know, there are other people feeling this way. 
the ending was tough to watch. I, at some point when I was a small child, watched Deep Impact with my dad and it like scarred me for like, I was convinced that that was how we were going to die, like in the near future. (laughs) And so, so, and I hadn't watched an like asteroid movie for a long time because I was so scared of them after watching Deep Impact. So I, um, this kind of like, took me back I was like oh no (laughs) I forgot I was this scared of asteroids one thing that I thought was cool about the movie some of the like stylistic choices I was like I couldn't decide if I liked them or not whether it was distracting or not it obviously made a point it got across a point for me I think that with all the like switching of footage and scenes to like wildlife footage Someone hanging out in their house, like social media, blah, blah, blah. I kind of feel like it made me feel a bit more like kind of brought that empathy back for me at the end. Like, oh man, these are all just people out there doing their thing. Like at any given time, like people are just out there like living, doing their thing, Um, which made the ending sad because I was like, dang, (laughs) which is where I think it would have been nice to talk about it earlier to have that little bit of like solidarity at least a little bit of it at some point um to bring it all together in the end now that you've seen don't look up are there any other sort of climate change maybe apocalyptic maybe more like climate optimism uh works of fiction that you like and would recommend I think the day after tomorrow is a goodie, an oldie but a goodie. Um, also, I think there's like some really good like class critiques as well, like in conjunction to looking at climate change. Um, and it also is a little like much more explicitly climate change than the, the Southern Natural Disaster. But yeah, that one's that one's I'd say like totally totally a classic I watched it probably when I was like 11 or 12 and it's actually (laughs) shaped a lot of the way that I look at environmentalism because of like kind of how apocalyptic it was I was like oh this is dire and pertinent at like 11 and here I am on Karen form at 21 so it worked out um I was also gonna say the day after tomorrow that's why I was smiling because I love that movie it's kind of ridiculous in some ways like a helicopter freezing mid-motion which I don't yeah (laughs) baffles my mind I don't know I'm no physicist I don't know what kind of scientist would research that but um anyway yeah day after tomorrow great film kind of freaky if you're like already nervous about climate change but it's great um that was another movie I watched as a apparently very fearful child um (laughs) do you recommend this film how many earth killers out of five would you give don't look up I think I recommend it I'd give it four earth killers out of five and I'd give it a thousand Jonah Hills out of five. <laughs> I honestly don't know if I would recommend it. I think I would recommend it if someone was like not feeling sad about the planet already. Um, you know, I feel like it's good to approach it from a decent headspace. And I would probably give it three Earth Killers out of five, assuming five is like the good number. Assuming we want five Earth Killers. Um, <laughs> I think I was also leaning to three. Yeah, I think if someone was like, should I watch this? I would say, sure. 
go for it <laughs> it did make me laugh a couple times and it like brought up some emotion so um that was Terra Informers Hannah Cunningham Sarah Chitsaz and Lizzie Barron talking about the 2021 Adam McKay directed climate change satire don't look up that's all the time we have for this week I've been your host Elizabeth Dowdell thanks for listening Terra Informa is a production of CGSR 88.5 FM and all our content is created by a team of volunteers I thank you to all of our volunteers this week for their questions, discussion, and episode production. For comments, questions, and previous episodes, check out our website, terrainforma.ca. Catch you next week, right here on Terra Informa. And also, oh my gosh, like, mullet-clad, scared skater boy, Timothy Chalamet. I mean, (laughs) iconic. Like, simply iconic. He got worthy performance, in my opinion. (laughs) It was such a silly goose the whole time. It was my favorite.